Hi, guys. Welcome to Touch by Prayer. I am so excited. It is going to be a power-packed hour as we discover the gift of prophetic encouragement and we talk about um, how we can find prophetic encouragement in the Bible. How cool is that, that we are able to see the things and know the things that God is saying and he can see it in, in words and in deeds. If you guys are here, make sure that you share, make sure that you post. Love to hear all your comments. Love to see things. It's going to be a super fun show. Before we get started, I just wanted to kind of talk to you guys just a little bit about my guest. My guest is Debbie Kitterman. Debbie Kitterman, my goodness gracious. I can't even believe that we have been friends for um, a little over a year. She came on Touch by Prayer um, when she when she first um, uh, launched her first book um, with, um, that was uh, the, the Gift of Prophetic Encouragement. And she writ she's written other books, but that was the book that was being highlighted. So it was the first time that she was on my show. And let me just, let me just preface this, that sometimes you just meet people in your life and as you meet them, it's, it just truly changes everything. It just makes such a difference because of that person. And that's exactly who Debbie became with me. Because even from the first conversation that we had, we talked so much that we we had to call each other back because we didn't get to the, the point of the phone call because we were busy talking about other things. And then she came on my show and gave me a prophetic word that to this day has left me completely undone by the fact that God knows everything that we are in. He knows every single situation. He knows everything that we are going through. He knows every detail and he uses prophets like Debbie Kitterman to share them. And so I, I've been so honored and so lucky to have Debbie in my life. She's going to be joining me this year as one of my main speakers at the Daddy's Girl Conference, which is going to be here May 15th through the 17th in New Jersey. So if you want information, you can just go to my website, Touch by Prayer. Um, dot com. So I just am so excited to have Debbie back on because she has written another book. She has written something to be a companion to the gift of prophetic encouragement. And what we're going to talk about on tonight's show, we're going to talk about how the Bible and prophecy really go hand in hand. So without any further ado, let me introduce you to my friend, Debbie Kitterman. Come on, Deb. Let's get you up here and let's uh, bring hey. you bring you in. Hey, 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 my friend. It is so good to be back with you on your show. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. Yeah, I was listening to you talk and I was like, oh, my gosh, my book came out in 2018. We connected for the first time in September of 2018. And what what a fun, exciting, wild, but joy filled ride that we have actually Come had. on. <laughs> Heck. Yeah. And you know what? We've had, we really have had some fun. We've gotten to, um, to go in and do some, um, we've done some ministry together. We, um, we've been able to, uh, do road trips together. We have seen, um, and shared a lot of similar things in our life, but the most important thing, especially with, um, when I, when you first came out to, um, to the daddy's girl conference, um, it really 
was a game changer, I think, for everybody who came, not just for myself, but it, but especially for my inner circle who who were who were there because you were just welcomed with open arms and you just fit like the perfect puzzle. So God always knows exactly who to bring in to your life at just the time where you need, uh, where there's a piece yeah. that needs to be filled. Yeah, absolutely. And I so needed, like, you guys are my tribe. You're my family. You're my people. <laughs> and, and I, you know, people talk about that all the time, but when you find it, you come to a whole nother level of realization and revelation of, Oh, this is what it is. It's like family exemplified and amplified. Mm. And um, it was um, such a difficult season, like that week getting there, but it was so powerful. And just uh, the different people that um, we connected with that were there for your conference. And I was just there to share about my book and, and to meet you face to face because we had been talking on the phone for a while. So I was just blessed to be there and to get to know you a little bit better. And then all your amazing friends and everybody mm -hmm. that was there. So now, and you know what, it was really, I, I think that because of the circumstances, um, I got to hear you speak just like a little bit because last year um, at my conference, I actually had to kind of go because my daughter was graduating from college yeah. and so um, or from high school. And um, so I was going to do that and it was like, wow, this is just, this is so perfect because I need more people. And so people got to hear you speak. And I, I only got to hear just a little bit because I was traveling. But what was so incredible is that you left such an impact on these women that when I was planning the daddy's girl for this year, there was no question that you were not going to be speaking and really helping to build the prophetic voice that God has given to us all, because it yeah. says that we are all called to prophesy. It says that that's one of the gifts that you should ask for the most. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, first Corinthians 14 says that I want you to desire all the gifts, but especially this one, because the one who prophesies is greater than the one that speaks in tongues. And so it is uh, important that we understand and recognize that we all have a prophetic voice. We all have the ability to hear God and release encouragement to people. And that's like my passion. That's like, that's the thing that drives me is awakening people to the truth that God's real. He speaks today and he wants to utilize you to bless other people and encourage other people, whether they know him or not. Mm, yes. And that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, we, we sometimes, you know, I, I was sharing with you before we came on, I was just in the city yesterday and I was with um, Tyler Johnson, who's been on the show and Nick Padovini, who's been also on the show. And we were out and I actually, there was a barista who I encountered and who had tattoos. And I started to share with him through his tattoos, words of prophetic encouragement, because I didn't know where he was like with the Lord, I didn't even understand what, if he believed in God, but I did talk about God. I did talk about the love of the father. I did talk. And the way that I started the conversation was very natural because I responded 
to he brought gave me a cup of coffee and he did a foam beautiful heart on it and i was like oh my gosh i love hearts i'm all about hearts and god gives me hearts all the time because he loves me and so it started a natural conversation where i was talking about that i know the love of god and i started to show him pictures because i have this whole thing of all my pictures of my hearts and so i started to share that with him and that opened the door to start talking and speaking life into him and giving him an understanding of why he chose certain tattoos, why there were certain things that were marked on his body, that there was a purpose and reason for it, that it wasn't just there for entertainment, but that, but that there was a calling out of him that God wanted to show him. And I think that that's one of the things that you really kind of talk about in your book, The Gift of Prophetic Encouragement. So Let's talk a little bit about that book and then we're going to swing back around into your latest book. Okay. So we're going to talk about this one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I'm all about the visual. I'm all about the visual. <laughs> I know. We're all about the visuals tonight. <laughs> So yeah. why don't you talk about like, um, I, I actually, I don't want to go specifically into the, um, the reason you wrote the book, but I want to talk about the fruit that's come from the book because you have gotten so much fruit from this book. Yes, I have. Um, it's it's interesting because I, um, uh, uh, well, yeah, where do you want me to go? <laughs> um, the book itself, like the, it, it came from this passion of people understanding and realizing that God is real. He speaks today. And it's not just cool to say, hey, I heard a word from the Lord, but that we actually need to do something with what we're hearing and stepping out in obedience. And God opened this door for me to get this book actually published with Chosen Books. And out of that has come so much fruit, like the fruit of actually connecting with you and connecting with other people. Um, being a chosen author is um, such a great honor. And it was just a wonderful opportunity, but not just that, but then this message that God had begun to burn in my heart for since like, oh goodness, 2008, really, that um, it was now getting out and it was changing people's lives. And I have people contacting me and saying, hey, this piece touched me. Or when you said that, and then they'll say on page so-and-so. And I'm like, I have to grab my book and open it up and go, what did I say on page 89? Or what did I say on page 106? But some of the most amazing things are people that are in conservative church backgrounds and that they can really um, resonate with my story and my testimony. And they're saying, we wanted more too. How can we do this? You you present it in such a, a simple but beautiful way that we feel that we can do this, that we feel that this is the heart of God for everyone. And so we want to step out in it. And so I've had the opportunity to pray for people, to uh, receive the gift of tongues, to really encourage them. I've started my own podcast. I mean, there's just all this different stuff that has come since the book is actually released. Well, you know, one of the things that I truly love is that, you know, people are stepping into trying to prophesy to yes. like their friends and to their families. And it's like, what? Like, this is not something they would have done had they not had that book to help encourage them and to show them the reason that we're all called to prophesy. Because, you know, if God can use a donkey, hello, I'll put my little hand right, right there. Hello. hello. He can use me, you know, even when I didn't understand about prophecy, 
God started to use me. So you don't have to have necessarily an understand. You just need to have a yes. And that's one of the things I loved about your book is it's just about the yes. And it's like, if we give the yes, we open our mouth and he will fill it. So can you share some of the um, crazy things that you've gotten from this book? Because, you know, you've been talking, you've been sharing, you've been speaking, you have your podcast, you have your dare to dare to hear challenges. Like, what are some of the, the things that you've gotten encouraged through this incredible book? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I, I think for me, it's really building the relationship with people. I'm such a relational person anyways. And so um, I didn't want it just to be um, here, read this book and now go do this stuff. I'm an activator. I like to activate people. And so I was thinking, how can I begin to engage? Like I, lo- I have this love hate relationship, you know, with um, social media, right. As an author and, and, and somebody you have to be on it. And I love connecting with my friends because I have people all over the country from like the West Coast to the East Coast and even in between that I'm trying to stay in connection with. But I thought, how can we harness the power of social media for good? And how can we really come together and build relationship and be authentic? And how can we like step out to like be the gift that people need? Cause that's like my big thing is let's change the world one word at a time and let's be the gift that the world needs today, right? Because we have uh, well, we just live in a very negative and we're coming into a political season. And so we need to actually step out and be that encouragement, be that positive uh, force that God has called us to be and affect the change of that. So that's why I started doing the five day challenges so I could connect with people, but not just that, but I've noticed that in my own life, like if I read a book and I'm like, yes, yes, this is so good. If I don't actually put it into practice and if I don't find um, applicable ways to integrate it into my daily life, then I just quickly move on from it. And I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. I think it's like when we read the word, it's supposed to be a part of us. We're supposed to eat it. We're supposed to digest it. It's supposed to be a, become a f- part of the fabric of our lives. And so for me, I was just, that's some of the things that um, I was like, well, if I do a podcast and then I have my YouTube channel, people can interact with me. They can ask me questions. And in fact, a lot of our podcast topics come from viewers sending in topics. Like they've read my book and they're like, okay, Debbie, well, what about this? Or can you talk about this? And just the different connections of people that I've met because of the book that I've been able to bring on to my podcast, which there's some amazing, like I got to do Bishop Bill Hammond too. So I know. I know. Yeah. And that that was awesome. Right. And, you know, that's one of the things that's like when you've been given this, um, this platform, when you've been given this uh, ability to interact with people, you know, it changes you. It changes you not only because of the people who watch you, but because of the people that you get to interview, you get to get, and you know, there's, um, I always feel like, you know, when you get close enough to somebody who's speaking, there's an anointing that falls. Heck yes. yeah, it's coming in through my earphones. <laughs> it's coming in through the, yes. in through the, I'll take whatever little bit I can get because, you know, yes. There's, there's so much that we need to do, especially in this season. This is such an important season of equipping. Mm-hmm. That's why I love that you wrote this companion to it so that yeah. you can take the Bible and you can kind of interact with it and you can kind of show scripturally 
why it's okay. You can give them challenges that biblically are sound. Like you're not off running, you know, doing some kind of crazy doctrine, which a lot of people have been accused of, especially in the prophetic. But there yeah. is a foundational um, element that you now have given to writing this book. Yeah. And and that's really big for me, just from the conservative background that I came from. That was one thing was we were in the word. We had a solid foundation of the word. So as I began to step out in more of the spirit filled uh, charismatic streams, I was like, OK, so I can see it. But where does it say it in the word? Like, how can I do this? And and, you know, I mean, I believe that the Bible is um, it's our compass for life. It's true north. Like God gave it to us. And so I was tying like it was so important to me that as I stepped out, this was my journey of, OK, well, where in the Bible does it say that this is for all? Where in the Bible does it say it's still for today? Because I was the kid and I was the kid in youth group raising my hand, my poor youth leader. And I write about this in the new Bible study. Right. My poor youth leader was like, oh, my gosh, she's going to ask me again, you know, the same question that I've already told her that we don't believe in this thing. But, but every time we came to the passage of scriptures out of first Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14, I was just like, well, this doesn't make sense. If we don't believe that, that this is for today, then, then how, how do we reconcile Hebrews 13, eight that says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he lists out the spiritual gifts in first Corinthians 12, and we accept some of them, how are we picking and choosing what we're choosing to believe is for today and was for then? And so I was just, I was hungry. I knew that there was more. Plus at the time, I didn't know I actually had this gift with inside of me. Looking back, um, my parents are like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. I mean, everybody just said you were a discerning child. We didn't even know this word prophecy existed or prophetic existed. And so I lived most of my life, like not even understanding what it was that God was calling me to. And so I think it's really important for us to understand those things. I'm here. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, well, you know, one of the things that I did want to talk about is I want to talk about because there are so many churches who try to through um, I'm, I'm really trying to, to be careful with my words. I'm really yeah. trying to be careful with my words, um, but they try to shut down the prophetic because they have a lack of understanding of it. And so one of the things that um, that you and I have had conversations about is that, you know, because not only were you prophetic as a child, but you also are a seer. And there were things that because of the way that the church has taught things, you were so afraid. So you tried to shut down that gift. And a lot of people shut down their gifting. They shut down their prophetic voice. They shut down their stuff. It's like, as you know, stuff, you don't say stuff because then people are going to wonder, oh, who's the weird kid who's starting to know things about me? You're, you know, and so you do, you stuff it back down inside and, and, you know, that's one of the things that I think that this book gives people permission in, in both the, the gift of prophetic encouragement and also the gift of prophetic encouragement Bible study. It gives people permission by backing it up scripturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, I mean, even even the, the some of the spirit filled churches that I've been a part of, they're afraid to release the prophetic because people have mishandled it. And I, I think, oh, 
but we're so missing a vital part because Paul says, I want you to all desire all of them, but especially this, because when you do this, it encourages it, it comforts and then exhorts the body of Christ. And so we're missing a vital piece in our churches when we do not embrace this. And I get it. I mean, I get it. The prophetic can be messy and some kind of people can be a little weird, but if we put, um, you know, an understanding around it. That's one of the things that that I love is that I've had the opportunity to really build relationships and build bridges and and really um, talk with pastors of churches. And we even operate. How do you how do you release the healthy prophetic? How do you release the healthy prophetic? How do you step out in this? Because it's a piece that we need, right? If the Holy Spirit isn't in our midst, <laughs> then I don't want to be there, right? I mean, yeah, I don't. And and that's the whole thing, you know, because. You know, we've I've been hearing, and I'm sure you've been hearing that word, that scary word, mixture, ooh, or strange fire, however you want to say it. But it's like part of it is is God, part of it isn't God. Where is it coming from? And I believe that this book, the the prophetic encouragement Bible study, mm -hmm. solidifies solidifies where you are getting your information from. There is no question, ain't no mixture there, baby. Like and that's that's one of the key things that I really believe that the Lord put on you to release this book so that those doubting Thomases can doubt no more of who you serve and whose voice you obey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's not just the prophetic, it's any gift really that that people can misuse and abuse, but especially the prophetic has been one of those things where people have like kind of hijacked it, if you will. But God is wanting to bring it back and it all comes back to our hearts. Like we have to be submitted vessels to him and we need to make ourselves be as pure vessels as possible, which means we have to deal with our stuff. We have to deal with our heart issues. We have to deal with our wrong thinking. We have to deal with um, anything thing because when we get um I was actually recording a podcast with somebody today and and I was like oh this goes right with my bible study but I talk about the three parts of when we get a prophetic word right it's one thing to get the revelation from god i saw this picture i heard this thing this is what i'm discerning or feeling or sensing it's a completely different picture to actually give the interpretation to somebody and to release it because we filter it through um our own lenses, our own perspectives, our own hurts, our own issues, um, our own thoughts. And really, we have to become as pure and humble, allowing the Holy Spirit to really take control and to really um, move through us. And we have to get out of the way. And that's such a good word. Because when, you know, Jesus said very simply, he says, I only do what I see my father do or what I hear my father tell me to do. Like it was very, very simple. And so, you know, yesterday, I'm just going to kind of go back. But yesterday when I was at the barista and I was talking to him and I was sharing about the tattoos, there was a woman right next to him who was so excited for him, who wanted to hear and was really excited. But I yeah. knew deep down inside that she's like, well, where's mine? Where's mine? Yeah. But I didn't have anything for her. I'm sure if I would have engaged with her, I'm sure. But it wasn't time because if God had something, when I looked at her, he would have given me something. Right. But she might not have been ready to receive it. 
No, but she was hungry. It was she was hungry That's for right. what we were doing because her spirit was like gravitating towards this truth because you were speaking words of life and hope. And people are like, well, why are you talking to them about their tattoos? I mean, there are some of the most beautiful conversations that come. I talk about that in my Bible study, right? About right. this waitress that that the Lord, like she reached across the table. I wasn't even paying attention to her tattoos, but she reached across the table and I glanced and I saw this tattoo that was fresh. And so I was like, oh, well, let's have a conversation with her about this. And, you know, people are like, but why? Why would God use a tattoo? I don't know. I'm not God. But it was something that was obviously important to her. And it actually opened the door because she saw how much I was like, I was intrigued. I was attentive. I was listening. I really wanted to know about this thing. And then God delivered a message um, to us straight from Boom. And my husband and I ministered to her prophetically. She didn't know it was prophetic, mm -hmm. but we spoke life and destiny. And that's what you were doing. And people are attracted to it. Like you'll, you'll start get those, like, um, they, they start to eavesdrop or they start to inch a little closer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, yeah or they try to insert themselves in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, and when I'm with my friends, you know, they'll be like, Hey, Debbie, give him a word. And I'm like, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> we just have ice cream today, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, maybe God wants to give them a word, but they're like, no, 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 give them a word, give them a word, bless them. And mm -hmm. because they like to see, they like to see it. They like to participate in it. They might not be the ones stepping out, but they're like, oh, come on, Debbie, do it. Give them a word. And I'm like, well, you could too, you know. That's right. You could too, you know. <laughs> that's right. And I think that's the key is that, you know, we can't just be, you know, there are people who are called to be a voice. But we are all called to be the hands and the feet. We're all called Absolutely. to encourage. We're all called to help people get on the right path and to proclaim the good news. Yep. It, that, you know, everybody is called to proclaim the good news. And if it wasn't for everybody, then Paul wouldn't have said desire or, or desperately yes. seek. Desperately, yes. we got to be desperate to yes. be operating in the prophetic. We got to be like on our, like, come on. You know, that is where we need to be shifting because as we start to speak into people's lives and we start to bring the revelation of the love of the Father into people, mm -hmm. people get undone. Yes, they do. Because we have been have been cultivated by unfortunately a lot of churches that you are nothing but a sinner. And unless you live this, this, this perfect life. Okay. Kind of sounds like the Pharisees, but unless you live this perfect life that is blemish free, spot free, that you can never make a mistake, then you're, you're just a waste. And you know, there's nothing, there's nothing for you. And that is so far from the truth, because if that were the case, we wouldn't need Jesus. I'm just saying. Sorry. <laughs> hey, you can do it. It's your show. Go on. I, yeah, I know. But, you know, I, I don't want to get I don't want to get all crazy about it. But but yeah. that's what I love about like the first time I read your book, I was like, yes. And yes, you know, because you you really take people like, hey, let's try this. It's sort of like, you know, when a child wants to start riding a bike, you don't put them on, on a, a five speed. You have to right. give them like that little teeny tiny tricycle that has the three wheels. Right. And you walk with them and then slowly you take off one of the wheels and now they're on a two wheeler and you still exactly. stay with them. And that's yeah. what your books do. Your books stay with you in the process. Yeah. 
Yeah, when I when I first wrote the the original book back in 2018, I had a gal that was um, writing the endorsement, and when I met her um, after she had to turn it in, I was at a writers conference, and she's like, "I am so mad at you." I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And she said, because I knew how much time it would take me to read a book your length so that I could write out the endorsement. And then I start reading your book and right away in chapter one, you have these activations. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't have time. Cause she's like, I could either choose to stop and do the activations or read the whole book. But I knew that if I read the whole book, I wouldn't go back. And I said, so what'd you do? She goes, I took the time to do them. And I said, oh, I'm so glad. I said, if that's why you're mad at me, then I'm, I'm happy because I activated you mm -hmm. in, you know, in, in equipping you with this gift and, and the Holy Spirit, like your obedience is really what the Holy Spirit partnered with. I mean, I didn't activate her. I just gave her tools to do it. Right. Sure. And so um, I allowed the Holy Spirit to partner with her. Um, and so she's like, yeah, but I loved it. And then she was talking about how she, she was talking with her son around the kitchen table about the stuff that was in the book. And I said, I'm so glad. And you know, I mean, he's 13 and she was talking with him about it. And some people were like, well, you know, they're kids. Yeah, they can do the same thing. In fact, they can do it better than you because they don't have fear. That's right. And that's the other thing too, is that when we when we start to present prophecy in a place of that there is no fear, that you can make a mistake, that we can, you know, let me tell you, there have been some pretty well-known prophets who've missed it because yep. it says, <coughs> excuse me, we prophesy in part and we know in part. Like we don't know all the parts. Nope. That's why you have to sometimes get different people's um, word to line up with your word because then you can see the bigger picture. Yeah. And, and I think that's really what the, the Bible talks about is that we're, we're different parts of the body, right? And we may all, there may be some of us that are all eyes or ears. I mean, we're not all eyes and ears and mouths, right? I mean, somebody has to be the, the toe because hello, that helps balance us. But um, that, that, the people that I know that are prophetic, like I will bring something and they'll bring something and we'll sit there and we'll talk about it. And we're like, oh, you have this piece. Oh, this is the piece I had and how they so fit together to give us the fuller picture of it because we're all gifted and skilled in different ways and we all hear differently. And so we need to understand that we, um, that we work together and we need to work together as the body of Christ. And that it's not just, well, this is it. Um, and then not pay attention to what's going on over here. We actually need to go, wait, let's pull this in here. Oh, wait, because I'll be reading stuff that that comes through my feed or whatever. And other prophetic friends that I have, even you and some that are actually watching tonight. And I'll be like, this is 100 percent on like the Lord showed me this. But this was my my perspective because mm -hmm. I'm filtering it through my lens. But when you put the pieces together, they go so much better. And that's exactly what we need. We need to actually be championing one another. We each Come have on. different voices, but yep. we really are the body of Christ. And if we would come together and not be jealous of one another, if we would come together and not be in competition of one another, if we would come together and we would work together and not go, well, I had that first. I mean, if we would just on, really? one another yeah. and come together, then we would have a fuller picture of what it is. And yeah. that we could actually really begin to walk out exactly what it means to have unity in the body of Christ. What does it mean to actually release the healthy prophetic in our midst and in our congregations and in our churches and really just across the board because it's not just for churches it's no. actually for the marketplace and jesus modeled that a lot absolutely well i mean look at what happened with the woman at the well come oh, on one of my favorite stories i know and if you watch the chosen because i'm gonna plug the chosen because you i should plug the chosen. I yes. plug the chosen all the time so you finally got to watch it 
Yes. Oh, okay. So if I bought you, the DVD so I could just keep I watching. I know. Okay. So if you have not watched The Chosen, you can get the app. It's called The Chosen. It's based on the, uh, the story of Jesus choosing his disciples. It's amazing. Anyway, sorry. Had to, had a bunny rabbit trail on that. That's but, it. But what's, okay, so one of the things that I loved is that, you know, where I started my ministry, and as many of you guys know, I started at a cosmetic counter. That's where I started. I didn't even know what prophecy was, to be quite honest. I didn't know what a seer was. I didn't know what an intercessor was. I knew nothing. But right. God can use a donkey. And so, hello, he used me. And so I started to have words for people and started to say things and they're like, yeah. And, and, as, and, and when God first, when God first said, sent the first one to me and he told me to say what he wanted me to say, I said, heck no, I'm not saying that because he said, I want you to tell her that she tried to commit suicide on several occasions. Now that is not a happy, prophetic, encouraging word, but, no. but. If we have a relationship with God and if we trust him, because that could have went all kinds of bad, you know, but when, when he said it and said it again and then said it for the third time and I knew it was his voice and I had to say it, it broke something off of this woman. So sometimes the words that we use, it might not make sense. One time I gave this woman a, a, a prophecy about did you wish that your family was the Brady Bunch? Because in my head, I'm seeing, here's a story of oh, a yeah. man named Brady, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, what does that mean? But God knows. He knows yeah. exactly what each person needs. And he is going to speak in your language. And that's why I love what you said, that we each carry a part. Because you and I've ministered together. And yes. as soon as I was finished, you're like, I'm going to tag back onto this word because this is what now what God is saying about what you just said. And now he's showing me this. Yeah. Because we do need each other. It's so, so important. Yeah. It is so important that we work together, that we come together in unity and that we really give space for one another too, right? Because it's not about us. It's not yes. about us. It's about being vessels. It's about being conduits. It's about being like obedient to say what the Lord is asking us to say and to release that. And, you know, sometimes the Lord will say something to us, like in your case, and you're like, no, I'm not going to say that. And he, and then you're like, okay, how else can I say this? And sometimes he'll just say, you have to say that. And you're like, but it's going to make me sound so dumb. <laughs> like, please don't make me say that. And he's like, yeah, until you say that, I'm not going to give you anything else. Oh, oh, okay. And then other times he'll show me something that is information that then I go, okay, so this is what's going on. Am I supposed to say that? And he'll say, no, now that you know what's going on, here's what you say. So sometimes he'll give me stuff and it's informational so that I know how to then deliver the revelation that he's given. And other times he just like, yeah, you got to say that. I'm like, but, but, but it's going to make me sound silly. <laughs> you know, I mean, like sometimes like he'll give me pictures, Lisa, that I don't even know what they mean. Like the first time I was on your show at the very end, I didn't know. I did not want to tell you the picture that I saw, but it was what I saw. And it, it was a game changer. 
I'm yes, like, I'm like, I want to be friends with her, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already friends with her, but I really want to be friends with her. <laughs> yeah. And and I didn't know any of your story. I didn't yeah. know what was going on. I didn't know the exact thing that I was saying until afterwards. And then you began to talk with me and you shared your story. So we need to understand that when God gives us something, our job is to be obedient, to step out and to release that to somebody else. I mean, we have to make sure our heart is in the right place, right? Oh, yeah. We have to make sure that we're pure vessels and as pure as we can be. Um, and then we can begin to release it. But you know, the woman at the well story, it is one of my favorite examples of how Jesus ministered. And he didn't make it, he didn't make it religious. He didn't make it super spiritual. He had a casual conversation with her sitting with this woman at the well who was just like, why are you even here, Jesus? Because this is my time to be at the well because I can't come when other women are here. And you're a man, by the way, and not just a man, but a Jewish man. So you have no business talking to me. And he broke every rule there was in the book and just started having casual conversations with her on a different level than she even realized. And when you look at that story, you begin to look and go, huh, Jesus was just chipping away at every excuse that she was going to give him later on in the conversation. So much so that when he was done ministering to her, I mean, this is what people say to me when I'm done, right? How did you know that? I mean, she kind of said that. She was like, how did you know that? like the person that I was living with isn't even my husband. And how did you know that I had this many husbands? In fact, she went into the community and she said to the community, here, you have to come listen to this man who told me everything about my life. Now, if you're in the community, you're thinking, well, we already all know about your life. I mean, here it is. But this was somebody that didn't know about her life. And so they came and they listened to Jesus. And Jesus was um, releasing, actually, the very words from the Father's heart that were ministering to her at that time. And she began to have freedom. She began to see herself for who she really was. And Jesus opened the whole community opened up to Jesus because of the ministry and the time that they actually had with one another. Isn't that so beautiful? It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And see, that's the, the thing. He said he gave her a hard word. Oh, he very hard word. A hard word. Because and she was already feeling condemned. But but he spoke it to her in a in a sense of I know you. Yeah. Like yeah. when when we know that God is zeroing in on I know you. Those mm -hmm. are the words that you're like, oh yep, my gosh, <laughs> right? Yeah, because they're like, are you a psychic? <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me that, like, like are you I'd be so rich. I know, right? Are you a psychic? No, I'm not asking for money. <laughs> yeah. No, are you a medium? No, no, <laughs> no. no. Oh, but well, but you know what? <laughs> but see, that's the thing. And and um, you know, when when you have tapped in to your prophetic uh voice, yeah, you know, it, it says, you know, God always not that he tests us, but he does want to see if he can trust us. There's yeah. a big difference in that. Because he is going to see what are you going to do with what I'm giving you. And if you can steward what he gives you and you steward it well, he will give you more. Absolutely. And so as 
we keep continuing to just be that vessel that pours into others and just keeps trying to help people to be filled up. Because when the woman was at the well, Jesus says, I will give you water that you will never thirst again. I have life-giving water. Our words are life-giving. And you talk about that in your book and in your Bible study. And you yeah. talk about the importance of life and death in our mouths. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, James chapter three talks about that and it talks about like the importance of our mouth, right? And the words of our mouth and, and that um, we can speak life or death, blessings or curses. And in first Corinthians 14, Paul says that the gift of prophetic encouragement is to edify, exhort and comfort the body of Christ. So if that's what it's for, then we need to be using our words to bring life, to speak blessings. And then when you go to First Thessalonians, it says, encourage everyone every day, as long as it's called today. Okay, that's a little overkill, every day, as long as it's called today. But I think he wanted to get the message that is so important that we need encouragement on a daily basis and that we're supposed to be the givers of that and the receivers. But this is the cool thing about God, right? I can be having a really crappy day and God will say, hey, do you see this person over there? Uh-huh, I don't wanna minister to them. And he'll be like, he'll be like, Debbie, pay attention. I don't want to pay attention. I want to get in. I want to get out. I want to get on with my day. And he's like, Debbie, are you going to obey? Fine. So then I'll step out with not necessarily the best attitude in my heart to be real honest with you. But as I do, not only am I speaking words of life and hope and encouragement to them, I'm getting encouraged in the process because I stepped out and I was obedient. And I think that, that we collectively not pointing any fingers at anybody, right. But that we could um, just be so focused on everything that we need to do, like going to the store and getting in and getting out and doing this and doing that. And that right in front of us, everywhere we go are opportunities and encounters to be ministers of the gospel of God, to deposit seeds of life and hope. And when we speak words of encouragement to people, when God tells us things about who they are, whether they know him or not, that they become alive it awakens something inside of them. It takes those dry places that are shriveled up and that are dead, and it releases the living water of a living God to go mm -hmm. over those things and to really give them that drink, that deepness of the word of God. And God asks us to do that. Yes, he, he does. Yes, he does. He, he partners and, with us to do that. And that, see, that's the whole thing. Like if you, if you really start to understand the importance of the prophetic, mm -hmm. because, you know, God wanted to meet all of the Israelites when Moses went up to the mountain, but they were afraid. They were so afraid of hearing from God. They were like, oh, he's in the thunder. He sounds like that, you know, oh, I'm afraid he's going to kill us, you know. And so they were so afraid that they didn't want to. So they made Moses his mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. And so Moses was the first prophet who actually came out, who spoke on God's behalf, who would tell them what was going on. And then from that, there were other prophets, but it, there has always been that voice. But when Jesus came, yep, come on, this is where it changes because at the cross, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. The same Holy Spirit that gives the utterance of the things and the mysteries unknown that mm -hmm. can speak into the secret places and can know everything about you because it is the spirit of God. 
like let's let's like you know we have to really kind of understand that holy spirit is god but he lives in us we're no longer in the temple no longer in the box no longer in in the ark of the covenant but inside us because of what jesus did we are not pure enough to keep the spirit of god and so everything that jesus did because he was fully human then he was baptized and the holy spirit came down and it came upon him right that's what it said but then after Jesus went to the cross and was resurrected. Then the Holy Spirit came to dwell, to live yep. inside. And yep. that is the game changer. So people, if you're saying, well, that's the um, Debbie Kinderman is so anointed and she's so gifted and she's so talented, which she is all of the above. However, <laughs> however, however, that, that same gifting, that same anointing, that same everything about that lives inside of you too. Mm -hmm. But you have a choice whether you want to tap into it, whether you want to be obedient. It says that, I, that he has called the prophets before the foundations of time. So there are many of you who have been called and are ignoring the phone call. That's mm -hmm. a word, man. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But I'm just saying that there are people who have been called by God. Look at some of the psychics. Look at some of the mediums. They hear they can hear into they the do. spiritual realm. Yeah. And they were created to hear from their father. They were. And and that's the thing. Somebody's like, well, why, why do we have this? And is this what you are? And, and I said, just because that's what the world accepts is not what we're supposed to be. In fact, the enemy always counterfeits the authentic of God. You go all the way back into the Old Testament and you see that Joseph did it better than anybody else. Daniel, in fact, Daniel did it so good. They're like, we're going to put you in charge of the magicians, soothsayers, astrologers, and all these people, because Daniel, you're God, you hear from God and your God does the things that you say he's going to do. And so they just went, well, you're in charge of all of them, right? Mm -hmm. They have a gift. These, these psychics and the astrologers and the mediums, they have a gift. They're just using it for the wrong kingdom. Come on, because they don't necessarily know the truth or they were searching for the truth and they came across something and it intrigued them and it began to feed this gifting inside of them. And so we, as the body of Christ, actually have a responsibility to say, hey, hey, actually, there's one that's higher than the one that you're listening to. Actually, God gave you that gift and he wants to redeem it for his kingdom. And so let's get you over here into the light. Let's take you out of the dark. Let's put you into the light and let's begin to show you the way God works. And so he wants to redeem those things. And instead of you know saying, well, they're just bad. No, they actually, they don't understand the fullness. Now, I think there are some that probably just do it out of disobedience. Like they, they might've had, they might've had some encounters with God and they're just like, uh, -uh I'm choosing to partner with the kingdom of darkness. But I think that some of them just have a gift and they just didn't know what to do with it. And they've never been in church. So they didn't know what the Bible says about it. And so, you know, they just were accepted that way and they found their tribe and their tribe accepted them and they just don't know the difference. And I think that's one of the things that we as believers can begin to speak truth in love to them to really bring them into the kingdom of light and out of the kingdom of darkness. Absolutely. And, you know, we can also go, you know, there are a lot of people right now who are very concerned about some of the prophetic words that are going around because what is the purpose of um, <clears throat> knowing somebody's 
you know, bank account or their birthday or their mother's maiden name or whatever the, the word of the day is that people are having their panties all up in a bunch about. But one of the things, <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, one of the things that the Lord started talking to me about. <laughs> See, this is why you come on my show. <laughs> I know. Because you're not going to get this anyplace else. I'm just sorry. <laughs> go, 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 go. Okay. Okay. So one of the things that the Lord started talking to me about is he said, um, he start, um, one day I was speaking, I was giving somebody a prophetic word. <clears throat> and what came out of my mouth was the Lord has said, blah, 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 blah. And I went, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And then I said it again, the Lord has said. And then I went back to God and I said, Lord, I am so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. And he said, Lisa, he says, when you say my name, people pay attention. When we go into a place where people don't believe in God, but they believe in psychics and you can tell them their mother's made a name, their social security card, their address, their this, their, you've now gotten their attention. So it's just dangling that little carrot just to kind of pull them in sometimes. God yeah. knows exactly what to do. It, and I'm going to go back to the guy with the tattoos. I was reading off his tattoos because it was something he knew about. It was something that was important. And he might have chosen different tattoos for different seasons of his life and for specific reasons. And I may have called them out because he just was looking at me and he's like, I love you. Where did you come from? You know, I love you. Can I hug you? He wanted to give me whatever he had because I was giving him water that he never tasted. Yep. That's Absolutely. the difference. That's the difference. And so when we start to step in to this gift of prophecy, and mm -hmm. as we start to learn how to maintain a purity, because, you know, there are hard words. But let me just tell you something. God is not giving a hard word to someone who's a novice. He's going to give it to someone who he has spent time with, who he trusts, who has a fear of hurting somebody. He's not going to give a hard word to somebody who's going to be like, that's right. And God said this too. He's not going to do that. He's going to no. give you a good, encouraging word. But to somebody who's so afraid of hurting somebody, he might give that hard word because he knows it's going to be given in tenderness. He knows our personalities. He also knows our delivery. But most importantly, he knows our heart. And so he's never going to give you something that he knows is going to go bad. So I yeah. hope that kind of helps. Yeah. And I can I, I there's two things that you said earlier that I want to go back to just really quick. Go on back. Okay, go on back. So um, remind me in case I forget, I want to talk about um, Moses and the Israelites. But yeah. the one piece that I want to talk about is this word of knowledge thing that people are getting all in there, you know. Your panties <laughs> in a bunch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that. Um, is, is think about it when somebody, when somebody calls your name and you don't know them, but they know somebody that knows you and they're like, Hey, Lisa, like it makes you feel important. It makes you feel valued. It makes you feel loved. And 
that is exactly what the words of knowledge are for, right? It's not to go, ooh, that person can really hear from God or where are they getting their information? It's to actually reveal the heart of the Father that he loves the person so very much that he knows exactly what they're going through. He knows exactly what they're going on. Like sometimes I will actually say words and people are like, were you in my bathroom this morning? And I'm like, uh, no, you know, or were were you were you in my room last night when I was crying out to God? Uh, no, but I know somebody that was. And they're like, who? I'm like, oh, that would be the Holy Spirit. And I said, the same Holy Spirit that is here is the one that's in me. And I know how he speaks to the Father and he speaks to me. And I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. And so I think that we need to just not, we need to not just get so um, uptight about these mm -hmm. things. Really what it is, is showing people that there is a God that is real today, that he knows them intimately. And that begins to open the door to soften their hearts. Because if you look at 1 Corinthians 14, you go all the way down to 26, 27, 28, right in there. And it says that um, when an unbeliever comes in your midst and prophecy is actually happening, right? That they're gonna be convinced and convicted that God is really real. They're gonna fall on their face and they are going to say, God is really among you. And they're going to turn from their wicked ways that's and they're going to get saved. And that's what the word of knowledge does, right? Because you 